This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of But God Can, How to Stop Striving and Live Purposefully and Abundantly, written and narrated by Becky Kaiser and is available everywhere audiobooks are sold. From Christianity Today, this is Viral Jesus, a show about communication and the power of social connections, where we talk to some of the most influential Christian content creators to find out how they've made their faith go viral. Everyone I talk to on this show is someone I follow or was told to follow online. Most of the conversations you'll hear are with people I have never met in person, yet they impacted how I think. What does it look like for Christians to enter the chat thoughtfully? Let's grow together on Viral Jesus. I'm your host, Heather Thompson Day. Hello, friend. Okay, one of the big things people ask me a lot is tips on being a more effective public speaker. I have taught public speaking for over a decade. I was the director of public speaking for two different colleges. And I just, I couldn't finish our summer without inviting someone to answer all your questions about being a communicator for Christ in front of an audience. Mary R. Snyder is truly one of the best at this. And I really wanted to make sure I did this just because I have a lot of women who listen to this show, I think, and I want to make sure that we don't finish the season without just giving really practical tips to equip you to serve God in your gifts. But first, are you ready for Social Toolkit? This is where we discuss practical tips and best practices for entering the chat. Today, we get to talk to social media expert, Brady Shearer. Brady Shearer is the director of Pro Church Tools and church software platform, Nucleus. His work focuses on helping churches navigate the biggest communication shift in 500 years. Okay, Brady, I saw a slide that you shared on Instagram that said it's either feast or famine with discovery algorithm. What do you mean by that? Right. So the era of social we're in right now, I I like to say it's the era of discovery algorithms. The previous era was the era of social graph algorithms. And the social graph is a phrase that we use to describe the connections that you would have had on social with your friends and family. Back then, the content that you would see in your feed was, oh, I'm friends with Heather. Heather posted something. And so I'm going to see that. Nowadays, in the discovery algorithm world, you're going to see content that is completely unrelated to the people that you follow. It has more to do with what the algorithm deems you're interested in based mm. on your watch history and your uh, you know, previous uh, activity on social platforms. Back in the day, you would publish and you'd know within an hour or two if your post was going to be a flop because it would be shown to the people you're connected to and either you would see oh you know what more people are engaging with this content than normal okay this is a good one oh the people are not as engaging as much maybe this one isn't as great but you were always kind of stuck like you wouldn't it wouldn't be so bad but it also wouldn't be so good and we're kind of now in this era of discovery algorithms presented with a really interesting new paradigm because there is tremendous upside. The upward mobility that you can have with a post 
previously unimaginable, which is really exciting. What's curious, though, is that you often won't know if a post is a flop or not truly for several weeks. We see this all the time with churches that we work with. They publish something, modest results, and then a couple of weeks later, that's when it starts picking up. So true. And I never noticed that until TikTok. TikTok was the first thing where I saw people would post something and then like two days later, it has a million views. And I am seeing that now on Instagram. What is it? Do you know what it is in the algorithm that's deciding, hey, let's relaunch this content now that it's already two weeks old? Oh, if only. That's why we see people reposting content where, Mm. again, something never would have happened in the world of social graph algorithms because you would have seen that post before. People, why are you posting this again? Now people will say, okay, you know what? The algorithm just did not treat this post as good as it should have. I'm going to post it all over again. And then it's the second or third time that they publish that content that it goes viral or it reaches a wide audience. But I mean, you know, you're asking me these questions. You know, you're the posts that are going viral. I saw that Twitter post, <laughs> that tweet about, uh, you know, the flight that you went on. I mean, we should switch the roles here. Like, what are you learning? <laughs> Is wait, so are you saying we can repost content? Yes, absolutely. Mm, see, this Maybe is not the first on time Twitter. I'm hearing that. Okay, not on Twitter, but it's okay. I just want somebody to hear that. You posted it, it's dead in the water. Brady says you have permission to repost it. Brady, thanks so much for adding another tool to our social toolkit. Friend, if you are wanting to figure out how to be a better speaker, to lead your Bible study or run a small group, or maybe you really want to start your own ministry, today's episode is for you. Please pause it right now and share it with a friend who you can discuss the tips you learn with after. Mary R. Snyder has over 20 years experience working with speakers, hundreds of stages, hundreds of messages. She now coaches speakers full-time. And when I hung up with her, I immediately called one of my best friends who I knew was trying to get more into public speaking and ministry. And I said, you have got to contact Mary. And she did. So she has a consultation. You can go to maryrsnyder.com to connect with her after you hear this episode. So here is our conversation on three things every person needs to know about public speaking. So I love to start these episodes by doing some social media digging and seeing what the receipts show for you. Barry, here's what I have. You wrote this. This is on Instagram, friends. It says, stop auditioning for the role God created you for. What did you mean by that? I love that statement. Thank you so much. That means stop trying to be like her. God has created you to do you. You know, that whole be you thing. It's, you know, you do you, sis. That's the absolute truth. Be who God created you to be. Stop auditioning to be her. She's doing a great job of her. Do a great job of being you. God created you. You are the only one. Individually, there's not another Heather. Yeah. There's not another Mary. There's not another you. Stop auditioning for someone else's life. I actually, I wonder if you see this even more maybe than most considering the coaching you do with speaking, because I feel like speaking is one of those things where you see how someone else does it and it can be really easy subconsciously, right? To start picking up 
the speaking mannerisms or the way somebody talks um, just because you respect them so much. So is that something you see a lot in your line of work with people? Absolutely. That is such a commonality across so many communicators. You even can see it in writing sometimes. Mm. And because, and it's not intentional and it's not plagiarism. That's a whole other story for another day. But it is respect and wanting to be like that great communicator. And here's what I say is that there's nothing wrong with looking at her and finding the parts that you love. You love the way she leans into the audience. Do it the way is comfortable for you. Mm. Um, Heather, when I first started speaking, I wanted to be Beth Moore. Mm. So I just did everything. I would act like I knew what the Greek was and <laughs> I didn't. I'd look up one word in Greek and then and, and you have to know this is pre, how do you pronounce it? And you can tell with this accent, it was always wrong. And I was such a poor Beth Moore, but I'm a mm. great Mary R. Snyder. Oh, I love it. When I learned that, because we don't need another Beth Moore. We don't need another Heather Thompson Day. Yeah. But we need another you. Beth Moore actually said the exact same thing that you're (laughs) saying when she was on the show. And somebody just commented on a post that she did and it said, man, this writing style reminds me so much of Heather Thompson Day. I can tell that you guys have spent time together. And I just thought it was funny. And I like commented back. I was embarrassed. I was like, oh, I probably have read too many Beth Moore books and and it's showing, right? And the way that I communicate. Yeah. But what's fascinating about this, Mary, so I teach communication and a theory in communication is communication accommodation theory, which says... So when we mimic other people's communication dialects and the way that they talk, it is actually us showing our respect where sometimes I think people, especially interculturally, people can think, oh, they're trying to appropriate you or, you know, trying to be something they're not. But it's actually like one of the human beings, like greatest signs of respect is trying, is unintentionally mirroring what I hear or what I see. You're the person I want to ask this to because somebody asked me this week, how do I know what I'm supposed to write about? Or how do I know the type of talks I'm supposed to put Mm. together? How would you answer that question? Because I know one of our listeners right now is saying, I want to do this. I want to speak. I I feel like I know who I am, but how do I know how I'm supposed to communicate or what I'm supposed to say? Such a great question. You're exactly right. I get this question a lot. Here are a few answers. One is, what is the one thing that people come to you for. Maybe they come to you for marital advice. Maybe they're like, how do you do this thing? How do you continue to be so joyful when you have such a hard story? What Mm. is the thing? Now, secondary, because maybe it's something that a lot of people don't know about. What literally keeps you up at night? What is that churning in your spirit? That's the Holy Spirit, by the way, that gut thing. What is the Holy Spirit continually bringing up in your life, continually bubbling up to the surface that is, this is for you? You see something and you know you have a message for her. You see a woman going through something, you're like, oh, if I could just talk to her. That's Mm -hmm. your story. That's your message. When it is something that you need to share, not want, you need to share it, then you have to share it. Because God has given you that. He's entrusted that. We forget, Heather, that 
God gives us these messages, not for mm-hmm. us, not for the big glory of being on the big stage. That's not what it's about. It's for one woman who's mm-hmm. going through something, and she needs to know that she's not alone. Mm-hmm. That is why you have to share that bubbling up message yeah. that you just can't get rid of. And a lot of people don't. I didn't know what I was called to speak. I just knew I was called to speak. Hmm. So I just, until the Lord drilled it into me and I was able to say, oh, I'm supposed to talk about hard relationships. Hmm. Heather, I would have not gotten up one morning and go, Lord, let me have a really bad friendship. So I can go and tell other people about bad friendships. That was not my story. It's not the one I Mm. wanted. But boy, it was the one he gave me. And it's the one that so many women have said, wow, I walked that road. Thank you for sharing. Can you tell us about that a little bit? What was that process like for you? It was um, without, and I'm always honoring of the other side of this story. It was a group of friends and one of them came in and within this body of friends, one of the girls came to me and said, there's, this is not right. A lot of the things she's saying does not add up. And she was right, but I refused to see that. Hmm. There was a lot of um, half truths, which Mm. y'all just, by the way, y'all half truth is a whole lie. Hmm. But a lot of a lot of manipulation that I refuse to see, hear me, refuse to see. In retrospect, I can tell you everything. And this friend that came to me literally walked away from this group of girlfriends who had been together. We'd been together for years. Now, when the I'll call her the outlier came in, we welcomed her with open arms, but quickly a couple of people saw the damage and the danger. Within a year, she had destroyed relationships. Mm-hmm. And, and I know now as a mature woman, I was much younger then, she was hurting. Yeah. She was a hurt person that did not know how to have relationships. She just knew how to pit women against each other. Mm-hmm. And that was her method of being your friend. Mm. And it took about two years for me to get out of that. But oh, what I learned. And that original friend, Heather, when I picked up the phone to call her and talk to her in almost a year, and I just told her the very first words out of my mouth. And y'all, this was pre-caller ID. She didn't even know it was me. So, <laughs> so she just answered willy-nilly. It was crazy times back then. Y'all. <laughs> Crazy. It was madness. So she answered the phone and I said, girl, the first thing I want to say is, I am so sorry. Please forgive me. And she said, I forgave you a long time ago. I saw what was Mm. happening. Mm. It was the kindest thing. And to be able to walk on the other side of that, number one, to help women. Now, I don't do this anymore. But back then, I talked about the signs to watch for in a dangerous Mm. relationship. And the signs to watch for in a healthy relationship, like a friend who comes to you and says, just watch for this, just pay attention to this. And I just closed my ears. So yeah, that was a hard lesson, not one that I wanted, but oh, wow, what the Lord did with that. I can already tell by hearing you share it. It is absolutely something I'm sure so many people 
relate to. And it's wild how young sometimes I can even think of my daughter and her and she's only 11. And I've seen Mm -hmm. that exact dynamic play out with her as well. So I, yeah, I just want to affirm you that I know that that's something people would would really relate to. We're doing a podcast series right now called Three Things that could change your life. And I am so excited to talk with you about this because you are a literal coach. You literally help people change their life and move in the direction they want to go in and help people pursue their dreams and speaking ministries. So yeah, I just want to hear about how did that start for you? How did you decide it's like, it's not enough for me to do it. I want to help you do it too. It Oh, Heather, we could go back. So I've been in the industry for Let's go back. We got time. Oh, listen, we could we could hang. I've been in the in the I call it the Christian speaking entertainment industry. So I've been in that industry for almost twenty five years now. And I started out. I did. Um, I worked with extraordinary women. I did social media back before we had smartphones. It was a hard job back then. Let me tell you, <laughs> hard y'all, hard. You had to upload pictures. It was all that. Um, mostly, we just had Twitter. So um, okay. But I did social media with them. I worked, I did uh, a lot of stuff with Lifeway. I worked with a company called Premier Christian Cruises, and we produced the Girls Getaway Cruise. So I've been in this women's world for a long time, women's speaking world. I was a speaker and then a producer and an event planner. And I have been a coach for about 10 or 12 years now. I don't remember mm. how many. And I went to work for an organization called Compassion International. They hired me to help speakers. And wow. so a little thing called COVID, y'all may have heard of this, hit us. <laughs> I was a tour producer, like live tour, bus, the whole thing. Just think all the things. We were on the precipice of our biggest year. We were going into year three with live speaker touring. And COVID hit and everything mm. changed. And the first thing that hit me, there were two things that hit me. I was it responsible for sponsored children and i was responsible for my speakers and you know my big speakers they were going to be okay but i still wanted to serve them because all of their income was gone hmm. in the matter of of just a couple of days so i immediately called all my big speaker friends and i said hey here's what you need to do you need to start a place for speakers like um a collection or a collective or something. And they all went, yeah, that's real good. Won't you do that? So I called as many as I knew and every one of them said, no, 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 I think that's for you. So I started a podcast because why would you not start a podcast in the middle of a pandemic when no one is getting booked to speak about how do you get booked to speak? (laughs) Why would you not do that? (laughs) <laughs> the funny thing is the irony of that, Heather, did not hit me for about a year and a half. The Lord is so funny. I just felt him go, yeah, we've been waiting to see how long you would figure that yeah. out. <laughs> like, we all were up here thinking, man, this is fun. We're going to have a good time with this. And you were over there not even remembering that nobody's getting booked. Blinders, ready to go. <laughs> just go it. Oh, help these people. So I started a little bitty podcast called Take the Stage. And a little Facebook group that grew and grew. And it's a place for up and coming speakers to figure out how do I write a contract? How do Mm -hmm. I create a one sheet? 
How do I even open that message without standing on the stage and reintroducing myself and telling everybody hi and how great the weather is? How do I do this thing? They know the middle. They know the message. They just don't understand the craft. Mm-hmm. And it's just like being a writer, anything. It's like being a nurse. You might love caring for people, but you can't just walk up in the hospital and go, I'm here, let me serve. Mm-hmm. You're going to kill somebody. Well, hopefully, thankfully, with speaking, you're not going to kill somebody, but you could make a mess of something. Right. So my heart is to equip you. And I do that in a variety, like through the podcast. I have 150 episodes on speaking. Wow. Y'all, if you want a topic, it's in there somewhere. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm doing one. This upcoming uh, series is how do I craft a message? So I've laid out the groundwork for it. Like here's a worksheet and here's how you do this. But how do I go from here, my head, to my heart, to my voice? And so I'm doing a three-week series on that. But that passion, because Heather, when I was called to speak, I always thought I would end up on the stages And that would be all I would do. Well, I love that. But I'm very specific about what I do. I'm not a retreat speaker. I'm a humorist. I am not a Bible teacher. Now, I lead Bible study, but I'm not the person you're going to bring into your church to do Mm -hmm. that. I've got a lot of friends that can do that. I'm a great MC, and I am a presenter, so a call to action presenter, like if you're raising money or getting kids sponsored, which is what I do with Compassion now. By the way, Mm. I left Compassion at the end of the year. I'm full-time in this uh, crazy role of speaker coach and uh, brand storyteller. So I do help nonprofits tell their story too. But that's, that's how it started. It started with God placed it on my heart and I said no to it for a long time, and I started coaching. I started coaching, Heather, right after I found out I had a brain aneurysm. Oh, wow. Listen, you drop that word in a room full of people, it will shut the room down every time. I had a brain aneurysm, and funny story, not funny brain aneurysm. I'm okay. I survived the brain aneurysm. It did not burst. They found it before it burst. Wow. Found out I had a brain aneurysm, and two weeks later, I was headed to the West Coast to do a group coaching conference. Now, I'd been coaching for a while at this point, but I just love how the Lord works because on the way back from that, I didn't tell a soul about the diagnosis. On the way back, I just told the Lord, I said, okay, I get one trip around this life on this planet, and I want to do everything you have for me. I don't want to miss anything. Hmm. And and I love, I love, love, love the work I did with compassion. Loved it. Absolutely. But the Lord said, yeah, I want you to keep doing that, but I have more. I have more. And I mm-hmm. leaned into that for many years and trusted that he would continue to guide me. And that was the beginning of me really getting serious about coaching. And that was, uh, I had the aneurysm seven years ago. And I'd been wow. coaching on and off, but I got really serious about it and it became a part of who I am because I get to help people tell their story. This episode is brought to you in part by World Relief, an organization that partners with the local church to serve the most vulnerable. 
Around the world, increased conflict, the lingering effects of COVID-19, and disasters caused by our changing climate have left millions of people in desperate situations. Many are fleeing their homes and are facing starvation, persecution, and more. These overwhelming challenges cause many of us to wonder, can I make a difference? The answer is simple. Yes, you can. When you join The Path, World Relief's monthly giving community, you partner with World Relief in bringing hope and transformation to the millions experiencing vulnerability around the world. And when you partner with your monthly gift by September 30th, your first year of monthly gifts will be matched dollar for dollar up to $25,000. Double the impact of your giving and visit worldrelief.org slash viraljesus today. What advice would you give for somebody to start? So oh. somebody's listening to you and I know they are right now and they're saying, okay, I want to start. I want to do this too. How do they yep. start? Well, the first thing you're going to do is you have to figure out what is your message because that's okay. the groundwork of everything you're going to do. The theme of your message, what is that? And then I want you to craft it. And you can go into my podcast and there is actually episodes about this. You can come over to take the stage speaker group and just ask that question and you will get a link to a series of podcasts. Okay. The reason you have to do your message first is because that's the foundation of every conversation you're going to have. Now, how do you figure that message out? Number one, what is the problem you solve for her? And who is she? Hmm. Uh, that's my question to you. Who is the one person you serve? Now, right now, yeah, everyone's thinking right now in this moment, well, I don't want to leave anybody out. You're not. You're not. But pick one and serve her. Mm -hmm. And then write that message for her and then create the one sheet. Because then you can go to the event planner and say, hey, my name's Heather. I'm a speaker. And here's what I bring to your women. I help them mm. X, Y, and Z, whatever you do. What are some tips you would give to somebody on the actual art of speaking mm. that perhaps they aren't aware of right now? How could our listener improve before their next sermon or Bible Absolutely. study or presentation before they get up there and take the stage? That's right. Stand and start. Now, this is what we, we typically do when we walk on a stage. We walk on a stage Typically, if we're walking on a stage and it's a large stage, we will start talking as we enter. Don't do that. Here's what I want you to yeah. do. Walk silently. It's going to feel so uncomfortable to the center of the room. No matter what, if your mic is a headset mic or a handheld mic or you're going to a podium, let's hope it's not a podium. I hate a podium. And if there's a podium and you can get out from behind it, get away from it. And I want you to plant your feet about hips width apart, take a deep breath, release it, and I want you to smile, a genuine, true smile at those people. What you've done in those moments, if you've let them turn their attention to you, you've yeah. already been introduced. I want you to drop into the middle of your story. Hmm. Or you can do something like imagine. Imagine if everyone on the planet 
was kind. And pause. You open and pause. Open in the middle of the story, pause. You want to capture their attention in the first seven seconds. That's all you get is seven. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And if you walk in there and go, hi, my name's Mary. I'm so sorry I'm late. Never, (laughs) never, ever apologize. They don't know you're late. They don't have a clue that your dog ate the homework. Don't tell them all the reasons that you're going to be bad because then they will immediately start looking for those. You just stand and start. They're already excited. So just stand and start. That's it. I just want to say to the person listening, I have seen Mary in action um, and you were fantastic. She was at She Speaks. That's where I first saw you. And absolutely captivated the room. I was rolling (laughs) in my chair laughing. You absolutely have a gift. Can you tell me what events do you say no to? How do people decide when they should say no to an invitation? If it's not in your wheelhouse. Mm. So I know that if somebody calls me and says, hi, we need somebody to come and preach a message on XYZ for our retreat. You're going to do three messages over two days. That's a no for me. I'm not a retreat (laughs) speaker. I'm much more a one and done. If somebody calls you and it's so far, let's say that your expertise, your message is about overcoming um, hard situations. Maybe you've suffered with infertility or the loss of someone either a relationship or a person, and that you talk about overcoming. And they call you up and they go, okay, we're going to have a fun ladies night out. We just want you to come and make us laugh. That may be a no for you if that's Uh not in your wheelhouse. And also, if you're like me and they, they call you up and go, we want somebody to come and really help us start this deep, serious Bible study on the life of Paul. I'm like, well, I'm not your girl, but I have a list. Mm -hmm. And I will send them a list of who I believe is the best candidate. Because I take so few speaking engagements now. Again, I just, I love to teach. I emcee a few Mm -hmm. things. And then I do presentations and I do humor. Because Heather, for me as a coach, I'm coaching people to do this. I don't want Mm -hmm. to step in their space if I can give an opportunity Mm. to them, if it's one that fits for them. Now, for all of you listening, competition, because right now you're thinking about that. There is enough business to go around. Mm -hmm. There are so many churches that ladies' nights out, retreats happening around the country. You don't have to elbow her out of the way. Her success is not your failure. Mm-hmm. Her success is something you support, applaud, and link arms with her and tell her how much you are so excited that she got booked to speak. Mm-hmm. Create those connections. I just believe the Lord is so thrilled when we women arm ourselves together and say, totally we're agree. doing this, God. We're doing this. She has a message. I have a message. Our message are almost the same, but we're going to reach different audiences. That's beautiful. Sometimes I, when I'm doing a prayer walk in the morning, like I love visually picturing all the, just the different people I know who are serving in their gifts and how we are literally gaining territory 
for God's kingdom every time, you know, somebody else goes out there and serves in the way that God has called them to serve. So I love that so much. Why do you think it is that we often feel like, and maybe this is a female thing. I don't know if men struggle with this. So the guys who are listening, you can DM me or at me later. Why do you think we struggle so much with needing permission? Mm, I think it's a female thing. Follow our dream. Yeah. Why, why is that hard? And do you find that with people that you're counseling and working with that they need per- somebody else to tell them you have permission to pursue that? Absolutely. I do believe it's a female thing because I have yet to find a man who has ever asked me this question. They are never afraid to get paid. Women are fearful. <laughs> I've not met a man that said, Mary, I just don't know how to ask for money. But I hear every single woman say that. And I've struggled yeah. with it. I don't, yeah. I don't struggle anymore. And here's the thing. You've never called your plumber who's a believer, goes to church with you, and you love him like a brother. You've never called him and said, will you come fix my stuff, and then I'm not going to pay you because it's the Lord's work. No, you have not. You have never done that. You are not going to ask your pastor to continue to serve and not pay him because it's the Lord's work. Women need permission, first of all, to even pursue the dream. Mm -hmm. So right now, if you're listening, I'm giving you permission. If God has called you to this, you don't listen to man. Now, what you do listen to is godly counsel. Yeah. You listen to God because the Lord places people in our life. And here's a prayer that I pray quite often. Lord, if this is for me, whatever this thing that God is putting before me, if this, and I'm going to say what I would say to you as a speaker, Lord, if this speaking thing is for me, I don't want to miss it. Will you affirm it in my life today? Mm. Heather, Mm. he has been faithful to affirm that every time, but you have to pay attention. Mm -hmm. Yep. You have to be mindful. You have to watch. And ladies, don't do this job for free. Mm. You may start out like maybe you do a mops group and they pay you a little $25 gift card. And then you go to the next mops group and you get a little bit. And for those of you who don't know who mops is, it's moms of preschoolers. Lots of uh, female speakers get started there. For the guys, you may be speaking at a men's prayer breakfast. And you may do that as just a service. But once you have a couple of three or four months of events, say you've got six or eight under your belt or four or six, you've invested in some training, you've gotten some coaching, you're a professional, you're getting paid. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. How do you counsel people on that? Do you tell people that they should negotiate that themselves, feel confident doing that? Should somebody, should they hire somebody to help them do that? What does that look like? Well, you know, when you're not making much money, hiring people can be a little tough. Right. So this is what I recommend. When you're on the phone with the event planner and you're having the conversation, if they do not bring it up and odds are they will not, you ask this question. (laughs) They just don't. And oftentimes because they don't think about it. You ask Uh this question. What is your speaker budget? Right. Because immediately what that does is it catapults you into professional speaker realm. And they're like, oh, oh. And you might get the response of, we don't really have a budget. And then you respond with, well, what do you typically pay your speakers? And you may get this. Well, I we, I mean, sometimes it's $200. One time we paid $500. Or you may get... I, I don't know that we've ever really paid anyone. Hmm. And then lean in and listen. This is what you say. My typical fee is, you put your number there. I don't care if it's $250. Hmm. 
but I am willing to work with what will work for you. If it's somewhere the Mm. Lord says you are saying yes to, that conversation elevates you from the person who will do it for just because you're going to let them be on the platform to someone who is going to prepare and spend time and is a professional communicator. What are three things you think our listener can do Uh, this week, today, this year that you believe from all your experience where you could actually change someone's life listening right now? Well, it changed mine. Okay. They changed mine because I left a very nice job to go out on my own. I loved working with compassion. But here are the questions. Ask Jesus. Talk to him. Mm. Lord, where is it that you are calling me to go that I'm not seeing? He will show you. Pay attention. Keep your heart open and your mind open. And then when he shows you, trust him. Mm. You know that gut feeling you get sometimes? Y'all, sometimes that's the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it can be bad nachos, but sometimes it's the Holy Spirit. (laughs) And I want you to lean into that. And when I say trust, I mean, I'm talking trust like Peter stepped out of the boat. Yeah. I'm talking about the trust that defies all reason. Mm. Because if God has called you to it, he will equip you for it and he Mm. will make a way for you. Now, don't do Mm. dumb things. I mean, I'm, you know, the Lord does not call us to like leave a job and not be able to feed our family. That's, That's not what you're doing. But you are being very conscious. When the Lord called me to this new work, this full time, full in coaching, it was less than two years ago. And I assured him that it would be three years before I left Compassion. Um, Mm -hmm. I left in under two. And I remember telling the Lord, Lord, I know we said that I would make a decision this month. It was, I think, October. And this was like early in the summer. And I remember the Lord just feeling, I don't think I was ever a part of that date setting. I think that was a you thing, not a we thing, you know? And so you have to trust him. Because Heather, when I went from that anxious woman who was like, how do I walk away from this incredible career with this Mm -hmm. incredible organization, with upward mobility at a time in my life when I, you know, I'm not at the, I'm not 20. I mean, I know that's mm-hmm. shocking everybody who's looking at me right now. Y'all <laughs> have daughters that are in their 30s. Um, so I'm not the, you know, the ingenue of the organization. So it was a big step. The minute, Heather, the minute I told my company, I love you, but I'm walking away. The anxiety went away. And I have wow. never from that moment to this and I have been solo now for about almost six months. I have never been anxious again over that. Wow. Here's the last thing. So you're going to talk to Jesus. You're going to ask. I mean, I'm talking about full on ask the hard question. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Lord, I want to be a full-time speaker. How are we going to make that happen? What do I need to do? What is my steps? You're going to trust what he tells you to do. And then you're going to take the risk. You're going to step out of the boat. Because we can say we trust Jesus all day long, but until we take that next step, 
to walk out that trust. And that's when you say what we call risk. I call it walking out your trust. And you say, I'm walking away. And Heather, the greatest part of my story is that I told Compassion I was leaving and heartbroken, tears in my eyes. And my former boss asked me, he said, would you be interested in doing some contract work with us? Mm. I mean, and, and that's what I'm doing now. I do a little bit with them. So the Lord is so good. He let me yeah. keep my finger and he let me keep the part I love. Like helping them tell stories and helping build that brand story for those speakers. I got to stay when I thought I was giving it all away. Yeah. The Lord said, just trust me. Yeah. Take that risk. Walk out that trust. So ask Jesus, trust what he says, and then walk out that trust. Take that risk. Mary R. Snyder is a speaking coach and the host of Take the Stage podcast. Mary, my tagline this season for Viral Jesus is to encourage people to enter the chat mm. in a time when social media has so many legitimate negatives around it. Yeah. At Viral Jesus, we want to encourage our people to take ownership of their communication and how they're communicating their faith, both online and offline. Here's the question I ask everybody at the end of the show. How do you choose to be a redemptive voice in the online space? What a beautiful question. I choose to be kind. Hmm. I choose to point people to Jesus. I also choose not to enter in conversations that cause divisiveness. Hmm. And I also choose to be curious and ask questions. Mary R. Snyder is a speaking coach and the host of Take the Stage podcast. Mary, thank you so much for joining us. What can we learn from our conversation with Mary R. Snyder? Number one, when you speak, speak as you. Do what is natural and comfortable for you. Mary says she was a really poor Beth Moore, but she is a really great Mary R. Snyder. Number two, you may know your middle and your message, but you still need to learn the craft. Take time to gain tools and training. Mary R. Snyder has a podcast called Take the Stage that has 150 episodes just on speaking. Listen, in 2023, in YouTube university era, there is no reason you can't learn how to do this well and pursue it. Number three, Ask God where he is calling you to go that you may not be seeing. Pay attention. Keep your heart and mind open. And when he shows you, trust him. Mary says when she says trust, she is talking trust like when Peter stepped out of the boat. Trust that defies all reason. Ask God where he is sending you. And then trust God to get you there.
Viral Jesus was brought to you by Christianity Today. I've been your host and creator, Heather Thompson Day, producer and audio engineer, Lauren Joseph, and executive producer, Ed Gilbreth. Please review and recommend us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Next week is part three. It's part three of our three-part pod class. It's our last episode of our summer session. And I'm so sad, but I'm also so happy because you are gonna love the conversation I have. It's like the most viral Jesus conversation ever with Mandy Majors. And we're going to talk about how we navigate the use of the addictive nature of the internet and the rise in porn by having open, honest conversations with our friends and family. This is really an episode for parents next week. So you do not want to miss it. I'll see you next week for another conversation where a viral Jesus guest talks and you and I listen so we can learn. I love growing with you on Viral Jesus. This episode was brought to you in part by The Compelled Podcast, which uses gripping, immersive storytelling to bring Christian testimonies to life. Listen to missionaries, addicts, martyrs, and more who have seen Jesus at work in unbelievable ways. Listen on your podcast app or compelledpodcast.com.